What's up, boys? I just listened to your uh, thing about hogging. You know, I had a friend that was in West Virginia, and we I saw that same thing happen with the uh, radio, rodeo back in 92. And I'm just about to turn 40, and I made me think back of when all that, we were pulling that shit a long time ago, even before the Internet. Take care. Give me some good stories so I can relive my childhood, and maybe one of these days I can remember some of half the shit I used to do. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by adamandeve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. You lady, you lady, you lady, you wackily. Damn, wackily. You have a fine falsetto over there. Some, I was yodeling. Did your balls ever drop? Yeah, I've dropped them a couple times. But they can retract on command? Yeah. Good skill to have. So, Wackley, it's good to have you back on the on the show. Uh, I noticed last week, um, I don't want to say you're playing hooky, but you're definitely MIA. And uh, theories have abounded about uh, where you were, what you're doing, who you're talking to. Um, really? Because, well, Lots you know, of being a micro-celebrity on the intertubes. Is you know, uh, Oliver Stone going to make a movie about it? There's a good chance. Gus Van Zant actually, I think, is, uh, is the person who's signed to direct your movie. But who knows? I don't good know. old Gus. Maybe yeah, maybe Tim Burton. <laughs> no, ref- that's in my contract. No Tim Burton project will I ever be associated with. Anyway, wh- wh- where the hell were you? Right, you went to Hawaii again, right? Yeah, I was in Hawaii again. So the we land you- of tropical boredom. So were you there <laughs> for the- work yeah. or were you there for pleasure? Work in Hawaii, I found out it's kind of like Vegas. Like it's fun one time, but you. If you get to go back to Vegas like twice in one year, you just hate it. Yeah, and Vegas, I mean, you kind of blow your load at Vegas the first night. Even two yeah. nights in Vegas can get to be a bit a bit trying. Well, and then here's the thing about Hawaii that's worse than Vegas. Everything is kind of, you know, they really play up that whole like Polynesian culture thing, which the first time you're there like, "Oh, that's funny." You know, like, "Oh, hula and aloha and oh, yeah, it's all these tropical foods and mahalo and aloha." <laughs> I learned two Pineapples new words. Everywhere. I learned two new words when I was here. <laughs> one means hi, and the other means thank you. It's so crazy. But then the second time you go, you're just like, shut up with the fucking aloha and malahalo shit and all this like Hawaiian shirts. There's like seven subways on this road right now. You guys are American. This but, is not Polynesia town. I picture there to be a lot of like fat white guys just wearing Hawaiian shirts and jean shorts. I didn't. There's a lot of fat white guys in Hawaiian shirts. I didn't. I don't. I think the jean shirt thing has finally run its course. Kind of like mullets. You know, you don't really see mullets anymore. So maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe the trend has died or something. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't mind bringing back the uh, jean shorts. I always thought that was a good look. That was a timeless look. It's all about look, how high fashion. you cut them off. And they can go as high as you want. They really can. So wackily, yeah, one of the well, theories... there is a limit. There is a limit. The belt loop is the limit. Can't go higher than that. <laughs> there, there's a theory that was going around that you're actually on a singles cruise in Hawaii. Well, actually, truth? after I got after I got back from Hawaii, I was on a. I went to Tahoe. Tahoe. As a part of a singles uh, a singles bus trip. 
single ski really. trip? I went with two married people <laughs> that are married to each other and one other single person. Actually, uh, it was the, I don't remember if she had a nickname, but the Star Trek girl that was on oh. the show that one time that told us, you know, which science fiction creature she would and would not sleep with. She make you dress up as Spock? In like a no, because actually I'm also on that list of <laughs> people she won't sleep with. <laughs> so I don't know if we covered that in the show. So wait, you went from Hawaii and straight – so from like warm tropical paradise into freezing cold snow. Actually, it wasn't freezing. It was about 50 degrees and the snow was like kind of melty and wet. But Tom- it was fun. It was fun nonetheless. People were skiing. Did you go snowboarding, skiing, that kind of thing? I did some snowboarding, bro. I shredded the gnar while I was there for a couple hours. And, uh, you know, it's in Nevada, part of it, the part that we were in. So we uh, went to the casino, casino bar. People, went people, the, hot, don't the get... outdoor hot tub in the cold. That's always fun. Did you actually go to one of the. That's the thing. I've only been to Tahoe and Reno a couple times, but there, there are big casinos there. Like there's a Harrah's there and uh yeah, no like gold dust <laughs> or whatever. But then there's also those like abysmal, like pathetic casinos that are just like part of the holiday Inn. That, that's what this was, <laughs> but it's still, it's still, like they're still always crowded. You never go in and it's empty. There's always people in there. Yeah. But no, like, but... yeah, the, I mean the waitresses looked like Roseanne. Bar from the show Roseanne. And they're smoking Virginia Slims, and they're just like, yeah. you know, just desiccated and thin and just coughing up disgusting No, no, stuff. no, no. They're not thin. <laughs> they look like Roseanne Barr. I swear, but they still wear that skimpy outfit, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Put away that cottage cheese, lady. I'm about to fucking <laughs> when, lose my drink over here. I just remember last time I was in, like, you know how when you're not in Reno and you're not in Vegas, you're in one of those other, like, you know, forgettable towns like in Nevada, yeah. those right. places have um, like ridiculous casinos. Casinos that are just very entertaining. And there you see like these meth addicts that are like 45 years old, just thin and disgusting, like a big bald spot on the back of her head. Right. And she's yeah. coming and bringing This, this was a little more upscale than that. You, you, get, you get the healthy ones. Well, that's good. <laughs> a little that's too healthy. Yeah, no, it was like, so, it's like somebody's grandma, you know? It's like, oh, granny's got to go do her job at the casino. See you later, kids. <laughs> Not Do you really have any 80s head. cover bands playing uh, playing at your casino? No. Um, somebody was playing like like on Monday that I wanted to see. I, maybe it was a it was like a, a Ziggy Marley or something, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, on a Fog Hat. Maybe they Color were coming me up bad. next weekend. Color me bad. Yeah. That would be great. Well, wackily, as I said, um, you know. At any time, one of us are, are you know are not on the show. The theories abound. People speculate about what's going on. Yeah, it's you know, near uh, emergency levels, exactly. And so a lot of theories were going around. Initially, I you know I suspect I was like, yeah, there's a good chance, there's a good possibility that Wackley could be on a singles cruise in Hawaii. But then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I doubt he's on a singles cruise. I think what's more of a viable option is that he's actually training, training for his shot at that new reality show that's uh, being filmed in South Africa. Porn really? There's a new there's a new reality show in South Africa that I didn't know about. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Then you weren't training for it, but I thought you were. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. you know, um, actually, I gotta maybe I gotta I give props been. out to uh, to Kendra. Kendra on Facebook sent me uh, posted this um, this article on my page, and I had, I had, I had missed this one completely too. But apparently, there's a new X Factor style TV show that's being launched in South Africa to find two new porn stars. The show's called Porn, porn Stars. stars. 
And uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know in South Africa. Well, actually, when I lived in South Africa, porn was illegal. Like you weren't allowed to have adult movies. They called them blue movies. And it was blue like mo- a jailable offense. Yeah, it's obscenity. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, you weren't allowed to have blue movies. So there's no porn. Apparently now, I mean, there's not only porn. They actually are, are trying to find porn stars. They must have porn production companies there. Yeah, See, and this is broadcast on just regular TV. For yeah, all not, the children to see these porn stars? This must be cable. I doubt it. I mean, it's got to be cable. So maybe, it's on you know, like Johannesburg's know, home box office channel. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's a hustler show. Because it's saying here, the winners of porn stars, one man and one woman, will land roles in adult magazine Hustler's end-of-the-year adult film and receive, get this, 450 pounds each. It's like $700. <laughs> Isn't that like yeah, uh, Czech their... Republic prices? I mean, that's like Czech Republic uh, payments there. But they get you know, a bunch of sex. Well, you get a bunch of sex, but seven hundred bucks for porn. How much? How much do you think Jenna Jameson gets for like just a handjob scene? Probably like five grand. Oh, I was gonna say ten or twenty. I, I bet you the average girl in porn gets like seven hundred bucks for a guy is probably a lot, but for a girl, I mean, yeah. you're probably making at least twenty cent. Well, it depends what you look like and how much of a fan base you have. I mean, that, that's all, it all boils down to how many horny losers are going to buy this thing after you make it. Or download it. So more than a thousand horny hopefuls audition in Johannesburg, and they're being whittled down to a hundred finalists. These finalists will compete at a sex exhibition in Durban called Sexpo, um, where they will do their best to gain public votes by performing different live sex acts on stage. You know, I think they should rename, because being this is in Africa, I think they should rename Sexpo to AIDS Fest. <laughs> Does South Africa have as much AIDS as the rest of Africa, or is, is there a barrier? AIDS was invented in Africa. I think the whole country is just AIDS. AIDS written well, everywhere you go. Well, yeah, but you're confusing country and continent. Continent. I mean, continent. Okay. I just, I know it's like uh, they always say well, women get raped in South Africa and everyone gets HIV as soon as you get raped. I think it's just there's HIV everywhere in South Africa. Uh-huh. I think you should just walk around in a hazmat suit. Just a body condom. Totally. I mean, it's, <clears throat> they, they, did they create AIDS there? That's where they invented AIDS in like some witch yes. doctor's. Cauldron? I think Dr. Nelson, I think Dr. Nelson Mandela cooked that up in his laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's famous for. Before they put him in jail. But I'm kind of disappointed. So they just it's just one thing where they go and they have sex on stage, and that's the whole contest? Yeah, apparently. I thought, I thought they were going to be... That's uh, incredibly... We, we put more forethought and planning into this dumb podcast than whoever Bob Guccione is putting it. I mean, I would think they should have like you know like a bunch of weeks of episodes with different contests, and you well, know, did like you one want, week like, you got to lift something with your dick, and the next week you have to, you know, the te- the girl team has to fuck the guy team, and then, but then the next week they do a twist, and it's like, well, you're gonna have to do gay porn now, and the girls are like, <laughs> we don't care, I'll chow that chick's box, and all the guys are like, wait, we have to fuck these dudes, right? That sleeps in a bunk next to me, and the guys yeah, are like, yeah, think or you're gonna get do. eliminated, so get to sucking. You would think that they would do, they would try to draw this out until like, it seems like it's just, it's probably, it, what it seems like to me is just like this one major sex act. So it's like everybody's preparing to participate in this, this AIDS fest. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't this, think. This seems more like a, this seems more like a skateboarding competition where, you know, you go out and show your moves off once and then the judges score you. I mean, it just seems really boring. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like it, it. It doesn't seem like it's there's much forethought to it. It's not planned out right. You'd think you could, uh, you know, just cash in on ratings if you could j- drag this out for a whole season. 
Yeah, they should have hired episodes. us. They should have hired us. I would have made it like Survivor, where they could like vote him off. Like his dick is so small, and he smells like tuna. Yeah, you know, he's gone. You know what I'm talking about. And then in yeah, and in different events, different events is also key, just like Survivor. And then also kind of make it like a, what was that Joe Rogan show, Fear Factor, where it's like okay, well now you got to drink a big gulp full of cum. You know, and if you can, <laughs> the and, guys and, and the guys and the girls. Yeah, that, well, I mean your team, and so it's like somebody here is going to have to drink that big gulp of cum in ten seconds. Yeah, you, know, you gotta shoot. And then it. They, you could have you could have like surprise cameos. Like Ron Jeremy comes out, and like you're gonna have to fuck him. <laughs> no, not you, ladies, the dudes. So, uh, and you they, know, you know, Ron Jeremy would do it because he's such a fame whore. Oh, he would do anything to be on, <clears throat> to be on TV. So uh, they on will any also be anywhere. <laughs> they will also be assessed by the show's judges there at uh, Sexpo, including strip club owner Pearl Van Shawick and an executive from Hustler. Uh, the budding porn stars must be 18 or over and are required to present a certificate proving that they're free of any STDs. I still wouldn't trust it just because it's Africa. Yeah. Um, I get, they said that they never anticipated such a great response. Took us a su- by surprise that such a large number of people would be interested in this show. The finalists will be performing sexual acts live on stage so people at the show can vote. And a decision will be made as to who we choose to be the lucky winners for the show. They say maybe we'll find the perfect porn star. Who knows? So, so what? What is the perfect porn star? Well, what's interesting? <laughs> Addicted to, me, to meth and coke. <laughs> you know, touched by their uncle at a young age. A cavernous vagina and a cavernous uh, anal cavity. Really um, bad. Low self esteem. <laughs> yeah, you got to have low self esteem. It's got to be some diddling in the past. But no, uh, seriously though, if you think about this. A reality show like this, I think, is lost on women. I don't think there's any reason a woman who's reasonably attractive needs to compete in a show of this nature to get into porn. A woman can go into any porn studio, any website, and just if she's reasonably attractive and say, hey, I'm willing to get naked and suck dick on film, and she's going to get hired. But well, for what a if guy, she has a blue waffle pussy? Well, that's what I'm saying, reasonably attractive. Yeah, if there's a blue waffle going on there, then she's going to be relegated to fetish porn. But for a guy, it's difficult for a guy to break into hetero porn. I think this is a great opportunity for a guy. I've never tried it. I wouldn't know. Well, I don't know any male porn stars. This made me curious about how difficult it is for a man to break into the, into the porn industry. And I was wondering mm-hmm. about that. I imagine like um, gay porn is pr- pr- pretty much being like a chicken straight porn. Gay porn, they're like, yeah, you got a dick. You got an asshole. Okay, do they both work? <laughs> All right, fine, you're in. You know, I think with, um, in a heartbeat, I think with, uh, and then that's kind of how it is with uh, straight porn, but I feel like with uh, hetero porn, I mean, don't you think they're, they must be just inundated with dudes that want to get into porn? I guess. I mean, yeah, everybody knows some guy who is just really too interested in porn and he's just, oh, can you imagine being a porn star? We saw he just fuck chicks ever. every day. And, and, and yeah, but but it's, it, it takes a certain type. So I did a little research, and uh, I went to this website called allexperts.com. And uh, some guy asked him, how much do male porn actors make? How are they paid? Uh, when you get interviewed, do they pay by the inch or by how attractive you are or by how much prior professional experience you have in the industry? And so here's the answer um, from a porn star in the industry. Uh, he says, you can make anything from 50 to $1,500 a scene. 
which I imagine there's a lot of dudes. I bet you there's a lot of dudes willing to do it for 50 bucks. Actually, I can name like five guys, Bob Madigan being one of them. Bob Madigan probably do it for five bucks. Or actually, Bob Madigan would do it for a 40. He would just do it for the, for the notoriety. <laughs> um, you get paid per scene and nothing more. No royalties on DVDs. There's nothing to do with your inches, nothing to do with your attractiveness. And this is what he says about getting in the industry. Getting into the porn industry is extremely difficult for a guy. And there's a variety of like uh, requirements. And this is where I'd be eliminated. You got to be able to, to get it up, keep it up, and then come within two to three minutes of being asked. And that's a given. Or you're not even considered. You have that's to be like the, lo- the lowest bar of entry that you have to get past that. And then to even excel, you have to be better than that. Like come in one minute. <laughs> or come on like a snap, you know, or, or when they say the code word, like red squirrel, come, you know. Um, he says here that uh, you have to be at least seven inches and very thick. Well, once again, eliminated. God, that sucks. <laughs> so button on a fur coat doesn't work. This one gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they say preferably game. over eight. Uh, you have to be in, this is my favorite thing, you have to be in some kind of physical shape. <laughs> so you're not, not good physical shape, just some kind of physical shape. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't be an amorphous object. You have to have like some kind of definition. Hmm. Um, and you have to have stamina. And you have to be willing to work with any girl in any situation and be prepared for stop-start sex. I'm trying to think if there's a girl that I wouldn't be able to have sex with. I mean... In the porn Knowing industry? that I'm getting paid and that it, it is a porn, nobody can say anything. I can always just be like, "Look, dude, I was making money for that. It was fifty bucks, granted, but but I was making. Like, some, I guess yeah. if, she, if she was deformed, I probably would not be able to do it. And what about Bridget the midget? Midgets are sort of deformed, but I could probably do a midget if I was being paid. <laughs> well, Wackerly, the key for a new guy is centered around functionality. So if you don't have the functionality, you're not fucking Bridget the midget. No. They want you to get an erection quickly, don't climax too soon, and be able to do the money shot as soon as the director calls it. And it's not the guy's ability to get like an instant erection in front of people on a set, because a lot of people could do that, because a lot of porn stars nowadays, um, use, or these days, use uh, pharmaceuticals, like Viagra. Uh, and you'd think, Cialis. like, or Cialis, or something like that. But I guess that, that helps them with their sexual performance, like getting an erection, but, it, it, but you still cannot, um, are able to uh, climax quickly enough. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. It's like you want somebody that uh, you don't want to waste the, the, the time of the starlet and the production folks. And that, that's the thing. It's the pressure. I just don't, I know I would cave to the pressure. There's no way I could do it. Not to mention I don't fit the physical requirements. Even if you could do it, it just sounds kind of unpleasant. I mean, you're just standing around with a big heart on while like a bunch of other dudes stand around you and adjust the lights and it's fucking probably cold in there and your just ass is hanging out. And you're just kind of standing in this like uh, cheesy house in like the San Fernando Valley. I want to know what's the ratio of time that you're just standing out with your around with your dick in your hand, fully nude, to when you're actually pumping. Well, it sounds it's, like it's it's all stop and go interruptions throughout the shoot. Like they're like, you got to do it here. Okay, stop. You got to do it here. Stop. I, I yeah. just, I don't, I just Cause don't know. Because the, cause the director has some vision of like, what, you know, get, a, get the fuck, shut up. Get the crane shot. Keep, it's the crane I'm just shot. Gonna, yeah, I'm just going to keep fucking her, okay, buddy? Pierre, take just your walk around with your camera, buddy. No, dude, in real porn, there's a crane shot. <laughs> crane um, shot. 
They say, okay, to get into the industry, a lot of people feel that they could just send pictures to the studios. He says you actually have to go to the studio, introduce yourself, and then they take naked Polaroids and get back to you. And your chances are still extremely minimal. But doesn't that sound so sketchy? That there's some guy out there just has these Polaroids? That's what they do in the porn industry. Well, you know they sell them to gay guys after they're done with them. (laughs) Or just put them up on the website. Uh, They say beyond talent and luck, you got to be in a good location. It's like New York, Miami, San Francisco, uh, Mm. London, Budapest, Prague. I guess there's a lot of uh, Eastern European porn companies. Uh, Vegas. But he said 95% of the adult movies in the world are still produced in the Porn Valley. Mm -hmm. The San Fernando Valley in northwest Los Angeles. You know, there's another couple requirements. You have to hate your parents and your parents have to hate you. Yeah, you have to be. I think you have to be a runaway. At least a drug addict, a recovering drug addict. Right. Maybe done meth at least one one time. Wow. Um, they say that uh, even, but even beyond all this, if you live in a good location and you walk into one of the studios, your, your chances of getting hired are still extremely low. They say the best way to get hired, the best advice is to find a stunning girl who wants to be a porn star and then go to a studio with her. The girl should specify that she wants to work with you and only you. And then you'll have a job because they always hire a hot girl. But if she's mm-hmm. only to work with you, or only willing to work with you, well, then uh, now now you got your into the industry. So now that's you what you got to do. Whacker. Show them what you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to find the hot porn star. Uh, As but if that's easy. <laughs> just well, I mean, you don't even have to find a hot, but you just have to find this hot slut that wants. Like, uh, what's her name? Um, Sasha Gray. Classic yeah, example. Well, it's not like you just have to find her. That's probably easy. But now you have to convince her that you're the dude. That you're the dude that's going to do it with her. Yeah, I guess yeah. it'd be difficult. I suggest um, you buy some Coke <laughs> at minimum. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's not going to. It might not work, but it's definitely not going to work if you don't have cocaine. It says here that the uh, the old, young, kinky, hardcore thing is easier to get into, even if you're not bringing a new female in the industry. Uh, but you have to be willing to do anything. And they'll often start you off on doing something gross. He doesn't specify as to what <laughs> would be gross, but it just old, kinky, hardcore. Sounds like it might mm-hmm. be kind of disgusting. That's like, what's his name? Max Hardcore. Uh-huh. You just got to be willing to do that. And th- You know, all in all, the, the easiest way to break into the porn industry, I, th- I think your odds are against you for winning a reality show. I mean, even then, once you win a reality show, look at American Idol. How many of those people went on to successful recording careers? I think a reality well, show is made, not going to do it. They made some money while they were in the limelight for a little bit. For a bit, yeah. But then that, that, that limelight faded quickly. I think if you want to get into uh, the porn industry, you need to either A, find a slut, or just do gay porn. I think <laughs> what that's about the if I way. start? What if I, if I start slow as like a fluffer? You know, it said here that uh, most, uh, unless it's a gangbang... They don't use fluffers anymore. It's a thing of the past. <laughs> Man, the fluffers union really got fucked. <laughs> Gone are the days of the fluffers. Hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, I wonder why they never had a reality porn star show on, like, uh, the Playboy channel or something here. It's, it amazes me that they're doing it in South Africa rather than doing it in the U.S. Well, the, what's the difference? They, I think the Playboy channel did have a reality show about sex. It just wasn't a contest. It was about like all these couples in Williamsburg or something, you know, hipster couples and, and they were all fucking all the time. But it wasn't like a competition about who. No, it wasn't a competition. I think we, I no think MGD, the, there was no MGD awarded at the end. I think 
there needs to be a reality porn star competition here, and I think they need uh, you and I to be to to be the creative force behind it. I think yeah. we could do something well. I think we could do something a little bit better than just AIDS Fest. You know, I'm available for the right price. Yeah, same with me. Well, Wanker, uh, this is episode 272 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Last week was a, uh, a bit of an exception to our regular routine. Uh, we had Sleazy E on, and uh, we did that interview because you're on vacation. So a recap of the show two weeks ago, episode 270, we did three listener stories. Uh, one was about a basically Gumby the factory worker. Uh, two is about Chicklet, the Mexican clown that rapes girls at taco stands. And three was uh, <laughs> you, you about You gave the... him that name. That wasn't his real name. <laughs> no, it was like Tintin Chiclito. or something. <laughs> and the third story is about the beefy, crunchy burrito incident. Uh, you know, it was really close between uh, Article 1 and Article 2, but Article 2, Chicklet the Mexican clown, ended up uh, winning episode 270. So congratulations, nice. uh, listener who sent that in. You won a sick and wrong care package. Uh, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacken and I present the most disturbing news items of the week. Audience votes and winner does win a Sick and Wrong coveted care package. Uh, people, you can send your stories to sickandwrongpodcast.hotmail.com. Submit them via Facebook or through the Sick and Wrong forum. We did get some good stories this week, actually. And uh, some, some listeners. Good that crop. Are, yeah, yeah. Good crop of stories here from, uh, that uh, we're going to do in a second. But before that, how about a word from our sponsor, audible.com. Uh, people, the best way to learn is uh, not to read, it's to listen. If you're a good listener, you can learn. I think you could actually learn while you're sleeping. You just put this on, although it will, it will infect your dreams. But go to audible.com. It's the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment information and educational programming. Uh, they have over 1,000 science and technology titles, over 1,100 science fiction fantasy titles, in total, over 75,000 fucking titles to choose from. They're not fucking around here. They're going to make you learn something. I so, think writers, I think writers who who type up their book are just losers now. I mean, you might as well just just say it into a, a recording device and then put it right in the audiobook and don't even bother with writing it down. You know, then you can start calling instead of saying it's a book, you can just call it a talkie. Yeah. I kind of like that. I think that's taken already though. A talkie we'll book. something out. Though. Yeah, maybe something. So go to Writing go- writing is for nerds. <laughs> So go get your free audiobook download. Don't be a nerd. Uh, when you sign up for a free trial today, audiblepodcast.com slash diddle, get your free audiobook. All right, Wackerly, why don't I kick off the show with uh, my first listener submission here. This story came in uh, via Facebook from Kevin. Kevin writes, this one's brutal, all caps. Can I submit this one as a listener? What, what else are you going to submit it as? <laughs> a, a screaming blue-assed baboon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what else, in what other capacity you could submit this article. So, yes, you can submit this one as a listener. Thank you, Kevin. Pakistani brothers dug up a corpse and made it into curry. Two men are arrested after a 24-year-old woman's grave is found empty a day after her funeral. Police She's 24? 24. 24. Hmm. And you'd think in this country, if a 24-year-old was, be, was, was dug up from a fresh grave, she probably wouldn't be cooked into curry. I think she'd be used for other purposes. But not in Pakistan, because they're wholesome there. Uh, police in Pakistan have arrested two men for allegedly digging up a newly buried corpse and eating its flesh in a curry. 
The two brothers are said to have cut the legs from the body of this 24-year-old and cooked the flesh in a steel pot. Some of the gruesome dish had actually already been eaten when police raided the brothers' home in a remote part of the Punjab province. So tell me about this. I wonder how the cops got tipped off. Yeah, I wonder how it came to them. They actually... It must have been locals that, uh, that said something, or neighbors... So tell me about this, uh, Wackley. Is all Indian food curry? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, I mean, they, it's not just <laughs> no, there's I a don't specific know. dish that's curry. It's just, it's all curry. Well, it's not, we're not talking about Indians. We're talking about Pakistanis, right? <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they do, they have two things. They have curries and then they have slurpees. Curries and slurpees. But you, you eat the curry, you drink the slurpee. Right. But they look similar. Except Slurpees well, sometimes you can, have, you like, can, um, you know, radiant colors. Right. Well, so do some colors. curries are very bright orange and red. It's the saffron. You, you can tell they're both derived from the same root word in the Punjabi language. But with the, the curry, though, it all looks like, you know, either brown, green, or yellow mush, like paste. So could you, yeah. even when it has, like, goat in it or sheep or whatever the hell else they put in it, but could you tell the difference between human flesh and goat flesh in, like, a brown curry? Um, the only thing that I could do is I could tell the difference between um, a goat scab and a human scab because I've eaten my own scabs. <laughs> So you're talking about the consistency while you're chewing it. Now, I'm just talking visibly. Could you discern the difference between these oh, two no, kinds not, of flesh? Not visibly. I, I think it probably looks more like chicken than goat. I mean, goat's dark, chicken's light. I think I think if you cut off a 24-year-old's legs, it would be so moist and tender and chickeny. And when you wash it down with a Slurpee, you just get that cold sugar sensation. It just goes right down. I don't think you'd be able to tell. Yeah. So a senior police officer here uh, told The Guardian that the brothers had been eating corpses for at least a year, but some local media reports alleged that they had actually been eating human flesh for a decade. Uh, the brothers, Muhammad Arif, and a 40 years old, and Farman Ali, 37, seemed to have taken up cannibalism as an act of revenge after their mother died and their wives left them. So, actually, if you think about <laughs> did they it... Eat their, did they eat their wives that left them? How is that revenge? I think they're getting re- revenge on all women. But if you if you ask me, I was thinking about this. This is kind of like an Indian version of the movie Psycho. Sort of, yeah. Think about it. It's like the mother died, and they're killing uh, women, but but they're eating them instead. They're also eating them, yeah. So I think if there's an Indian version of the movie Psycho, there wouldn't be you know a Bates Motel. It would just be a Seven Eleven, and right. there would be a lot of colorful outfits, a lot of dancing, a lot of song song routines. Uh-huh. But I could see this movie. Jai ho, I eat your <laughs> pussy, literally, da da. I, I could see that being a song, you know, a song routine. But I could see this movie uh, being, you know, being a fine film. I could see this actually being made. An Indian version of the movie Psycho based on these two brothers. Why is it Psycho and not the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or the Punjab Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> because there's chainsaw? no 7-Eleven over there and they didn't have a chainsaw. Well, there's the guy that has the gas station. That's kind of like a 7-Eleven in, in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I guess it could be. It could be the, the Bangladesh or the Punjab Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And they were eating flesh in that, too. There's Maybe. still going to be music in it, though. Yeah, and, and Nor- colorful Norman, outfits. Norman there. Bates didn't eat flesh. That's my point. Why Maybe the Texas, the TCM is a better 
You know, you know I agree with comparison. you, actually, where you're going with this. And I think I need to rethink this, uh, this, the, the, the plot of my movie here. I think it should be <laughs> the Punjab Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or the Punjab Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that's what I'm here for, to help you out. But they don't use chainsaw. It's probably a scimitar. So the Punjab Scimitar Massacre. And there's still going to be a 7-Eleven. Oh, there's going to be a 7-Eleven. <laughs> okay. We might right. need to change the name, though, to avoid copyright yeah, bad publicity infringement type things. Maybe we'll call it like an 812 or something. That's where you're going, yeah. <laughs> so it became an addiction for them, human flesh. They boiled the flesh first and cooked it into a curry. The investigation that led to their arrest was launched. Okay, this is how they, they were found out. After the family of the 24-year-old cancer victim visited her tomb a day after the funeral to find the grave dug up and the body missing. So this is this is kind of throwing another wrench in in their in their 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 recipe book here. Don't yeah, you, you think it could? It. How could it be healthy to eat the flesh of a cancer victim? I don't want to eat the flesh of anything cancerous, even yeah. a cow. I don't want to eat a cancerous cow. I don't want to eat any tofu that has cancer. Yeah, it just no, doesn't. No, sound no, like no a... ingredients with cancer in my meal, please. It doesn't. Th- it doesn't sound like these are like uh, you know uh, cannibals that have that gave this some forethought. I think it's cannibals by impulse. But you think after yeah. a decade of eating, you'd be like, oh, okay, she had cancer. I'm gonna stay away from that one. Gonorrhea. All right. All that's, right. That's tasty. That's okay. Yeah, I'm eating it. I'm not gonna fuck it. <laughs> one problem for police and prosecutors is that cannibalism is so unusual in Pakistan that there's no specific punishment under Pakistani law. The brothers Don't you will think be... that's just the Pakistani Department of PR? Oh, <laughs> nobody ever is cannibalistic. In our... Can you imagine that this happened here? I well, cannot ever... I've never heard of anything like this before. Uh, what about your uncle last week that got busted? Oh, yes, that was one other time. Well, I mean, what I don't understand about this, though, it's... Okay, so there's no law against cannibalism in Pakistan, but if a woman, like, wears a bikini, she gets her vagina sewn shut? Or just I mean, cut right out. Or, yeah, or stoned to death. I mean, it makes no sense. So Yeah, they cut the vagina right out of her, and then these guys come by, and they're like, oh, are you going to eat that? <laughs> <laughs> Can I have it? <laughs> We're making pussy curry tonight. <laughs> uh, the brothers will be charged with digging up and desecrating a grave, which carries a punishment of only six months. If you ask me, dude, this is worse than the UK. Talk about a slap on the turban. <laughs> You, you were saving that one up, weren't you? I've been planning that for days, actually. Do they even wear yeah. turbans in Pakistan? I thought they had those funny hats like the Fez. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. No, no, no. It just sounded like it fit. But seriously, though, I mean, this is worse than the UK. It's like in the, in the UK, I mean, you get a slap on the wrist for, you know, being a pedophile or whatever. Or committing murder, you get like five years. But here, it's like you can dig up a fresh corpse, cook it in a curry, eat it, and you get six months. Well, it's a victimless crime. Yeah, I guess you got a point there. So on the sick and wrong star scale, they were digging up fresh corpses, cooking them into curry and eating it, and not just one or two times. They've been doing this for like a period of years. It's pretty I disgusting. I wonder if it's any good. They I wonder if they perfected their recipes yet. You know, almost, this could almost be delicatessen. You think? Uh, yeah, I don't remember that movie that well. But so they I were. Help you out. But I mean, they were. Fe- I wonder if they were feeding other people, or if they were just eating it for themselves. Probably just themselves. Maybe. So that like- was my question. I mean, are they doing this out of necessity because they're broke and they, you know, they can't afford to buy meat, so they just dig it out of the ground? Does that have anything to do with it, or is it just purely that they're psychos and trying to get revenge on all women, like you said before? 
Well, it says here that they're trying to get revenge on all women, so... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to assume that they're psycho. I'm giving this five stars. I give it five. All right. What do you have here for uh, episode 272? This one comes in from a guy named Knoxville. Knoxville. But the story is from Knoxville Johnny also. Knoxville. So maybe, I don't think it's Johnny. I think it's his brother, Jimmy. Oh, okay. It says, okay, guys, it's Knoxville here. Your favorite, quote, postal clerk. This, shit, uh, this shit's right up here in the Sick and Wrong Hall of Fame. I mean, there were witnesses. Imagine coming home from a bar after this shit went down. Buzzkill. Anyways, check it out. Oh, I will. So this did happen in Knoxville, where I assume Knoxville's from. And they say, they called him Mad Max, but the folks at Hall's Sports Bar testified today that Herbert Mike Merritt was angrier than usual on the night he allegedly killed a fellow patron. So it's coming right out of the gate. Uh, Doug Statzer uh, said of Merritt, and I think he works at this bar, he said, I saw someone that was angry. He looked like a man determined to do whatever he had to do. Which I guess was more than just going to this bar and getting a beer. Uh, he's got a defense attorney, Phil Lamanaco, which will become important later because Phil's going to de- try to defend his actions. What, what is bar the name where, of this bar? Dominica. Uh, but... Yeah, Hall, Hall's Sports Bar. Hall's. So this is just a just a, one of those like sports ball sports bars, probably off the highway in like yeah. Rural Tennessee or in Knoxville. What's the what's the over under on the number of TVs they have in there? I bet if it's a sports bar, I wonder if it's one of those new new sports bars though that has like fifty flat screen TVs, or if it's just like one of those old school sports you know sports (laughs) bars where it's just like right these shitty cathode rays TVs, like maybe six of them. Yeah, I like the I like the old sports bars. They have a bunch of TVs, but yeah, they're they're all the big, thick ones, and it's really hot, and like you're being irradiated while you're in there. Like that one that uh, used to be down the road from the Tenderloin Studio. Yeah, that one was great. But then they yeah. changed that one to become a New Jack uh, sports bar that oh. has like 50 million. You're assaulted. It's like sensory over- overload when you go in there because of the flat screen TVs. So I'm going to say being in Knoxville and being in the type of place where a guy comes in named Mad Max and causes chaos, I'm going to say they have five uh, tube TVs. I'm surprised. And maybe, one, and maybe one donated shitty flat screen that, you know, like the company gives out to bars for free for advertising. Do you think they called him Mad Max in like a jovial kind of endearing sort of way? Or is it Mad Max in like a derogatory, like that guy is fucking mental sort of way? Well, he had been banned from the bar oh, for threatening somebody with a knife before. <laughs> so he's so I think it was, I think it was like that guy's Mad Max. Watch the fuck out for him. If you see him in the parking lot, run and lock and bar the door. He's the type of guy, though. Whenever we go to like a dive bar, you're gonna end up talking to him. Yeah, I hate it. So I, I appreciate that this bar has banned him for life and will kick him out when he comes in. Yeah, because those dudes always want to talk to me. Like they always. Were you in Nam? Were you in Nam? And I'm like, I'm fucking 36, dude. I was not in Nam. Oh, I was in Nam. Yeah, I knew where you were going with that. Great. Tell me about Nam. Just doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't even matter what bar you go to. The, the one most fucked up white guy, middle age, you know, about to be in like have like a PTSD meltdown. will sit next to you and be like, hey. 
Just, I don't no. know why. Just strike let, up a let, conversation. Let's, let's fully, let's fully flesh out the scene. <laughs> you, me, and Sleazy go to the bar, and some girl sees you, and she's like, "Oh, where? How long have you had those tattoos? Did it take a long time?" And you're like, "Well, yeah, blah blah blah. You know, I paid all this money." And then Sleazy will be like, "Oh, I have a tattoo," and they'll be like, "Oh, you're from England." <laughs> oh, sorry, the girls don't have English accents. They'll be like, "Oh, wow, you're from England. So interesting. How long have you lived here?" Meanwhile, I'm on the other end, sitting on the other end of you, and the guy comes up and he's like, "Hey, do you ever show you this trick with a bar rag to make a turkey?" <laughs> like Jesus, fuck. Happens How many times has that time. happened? Probably hundreds of times that scenario has happened. Yeah. No huh. exaggeration. Almost every time we go to the bar. I'm living in my truck down by the bus stop. Where do you live? I'd really rather not say, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Maybe lose my place. Bar worker Susie Jacobs testified today that Merritt dubbed Mad Max by folks and friends. Or at friends. I don't, I don't understand if the bar is called Halls. Oh, at a Halls sports bar. I think Halls is a brand of restaurant, and this place is called Friends, which is like one of the instances of the chain. And I actually think my grandpa worked at the Halls restaurants in Indianapolis, which is quite funny. So wait, Halls is the owner. It's the guy that owns a bunch of these different Well, stores. it's like a big family. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, Friends. Yeah. The sports bar is called Friends. The bar is called Friends. He'd been banned from the bar for threatening somebody with a knife previously. So when he showed up in June 2008, Jacobs asked him to leave. So I don't know, did this happen in 2008? Or I guess he's on trial now. Yeah, okay, so the, it was a June 2008 death, but he's on trial now. That's how the story is coming to us. Um, so this the, Susie Jacobs asked him to leave. He, she'd done this before. He'd showed up before, but it had never been a problem. When she asked him to leave, he would just be like, okay, and leave. Uh, today, that was not the case. Uh, so this dude, Ford... Uh, came to her aid. You know, he he's cherub of justice here. Well, he probably works there, too. Uh, and she says, It happened so fast. Merritt threw his jacket onto the pool table, which is always a good way to start a fight. <laughs> Just take your jacket off. I, I suggest the whole shirt. <laughs> I think if you want to get your point across, you got to be bare-chested. Yeah. And I'm sure so this guy's threw- covered in great tattoos. Yeah, he's co- he throws his jacket onto the pool table. Remember, he's 47. He just immediately pulled out a gun and shot Tony. Jesus, that was unexpected. Authorities allege that this guy later repeatedly shot and slashed at Ford's body during a two-hour standoff. So I guess everybody cleared out the bar when the (laughs) shooting started, which is usually what happens. And then he sort of, he locked himself in there as the cops tried to get him to come out. You know, it became like a hostage situation, even though the dude is probably already dead. Um, Were there any other living, like, hostages, or is it just this corpse? I think it was just him and this guy, but, you know, they don't know that he's dead. You never know if, you know, if they get him to the hospital, if they they end the standoff and get him to the hospital, maybe things will be all right. But that really wasn't the case, because there's a two-hour standoff. This dude's repeatedly shooting him again and slashing at his body. Um... While negotiating? So, La- La- the defense attorney, Phil LaMonaco. Yeah, I don't know how much a negotiation there was. It seems pretty nuts. Like, I want my own friendly rabbit and some jelly beans. And the meal. whole the first two seasons and the fourth season of Who's the Boss on DVD and, and a Greyhound DVD bus, player. Fi- Greyhound bus filled with Hooters chicks. And they all come out. Well, that's not crazy. Who wouldn't want that? Um... So his his defense attorney is saying that uh, he went into the bar in a psychotic state. 
he uh this is a defense attorney you're talking remember he reached down and pulled out what he thought was ford's heart and ate some of it and the defense attorney has a picture of this in the courtroom so he says you'll see a picture of the flesh on the bar so he's really just cutting like pieces of his chest muscle out but he thought it was his heart he thought he's not a trained surgeon come on wackerly what's that guy's name in the second uh indiana jones movie that pulls the heart out mola ram yeah mola ram he thought he was mola ram Ram, this guy you know what i like about this story so far this is good old american cannibalism Fuck mm-hmm. that curry shit. We don't cook our corpse flesh in no. curry. We just eat it. Raw, like a man. With a beer. Yeah. Fuck yeah. He just had a fight with his girlfriend, Hickson said. I don't know who Hick- I think Hickson is the prosecuting attorney, maybe. Uh, Yeah. So they both are just talking a bunch of shit about what this guy did. I don't know how you determine which is the prosecutor and which is the defense. But he said he just had a fight with his girlfriend. He's angry. He's spoiling for a fight. Nobody was going to stop him. Why, if if I'm 47 years old and I have a fight with my girlfriend and I give any kinds of a fuck about it at all, I've failed. <laughs> at that age, you should just be like, fuck you, bitch. I'm getting drunk. No, I'm not going to the bar. You're going to the bar and I'm drinking here in my house that I pay for. I still can't get over how a pathetic drunk who's dubbed Mad Max at this bar that everyone thinks is mental has a girlfriend. Well, come on. I, you can imagine what she looks like. <laughs> I, I imagine she's not very attractive, but there's still a girl in Mad Max's life. Yeah. Well, remember the woman in that uh, story a couple months back that threatened the two dudes with a knife that somebody was going to eat her pussy? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably, probably her. a lot like that. It's, it's probably, probably her. her. <laughs> two months Mad Max before- took her up on the offer. Yeah. So, so supporting the defense attorney's claim, two months before the killing, Merritt had checked himself into a hospital, probably with the help of his girlfriend. He voluntarily, voluntarily turned himself in, telling the doctors he was having hallucinations and voices in his head. Two weeks before the slaying, Merritt stopped taking his medication. Uh, the prosecutor countered that an evaluation of Merritt showed signs he was faking mental illness. <laughs> What I find funny about that is when do you go to the point where it's like, they're like, okay, there's no way he's faking. This guy is batshit crazy. I mean, the dude's eating flesh. I mean, they right. call him Mad Max in the bar. It's like, how much, how, how many more indications do you need to give? I just like how immediately he just went right to the gun. It wasn't like, come on, just let me in. I'm not going to be a dick. It's just like, you're not going to let me in here. Bang! Yeah, but you know what, though? I bet you... There's some backstory here. I'm sure that bouncer guy had beat the shit out of him and thrown him out like countless times before. So the guy was like prepared for that guy to step up and just like. You think he was out there looking for a fight? Well, that's what the prosecutor says. He was looking for a fight, spoiling for a fight. So what are you going to do? No, I think he probably had had an idea that it might happen. (laughs) I give it a four and a half. You know what's funny about this story? is I wouldn't be too surprised if it was actually Mel Gibson that did this. The mm-hmm. real Mad Max. If like if it came out next week, he stole the spotlight from Charlie Sheen, and Mel Gibson came out and was like, well, Mel Gibson was this bar, and this Jewish bar owner pissed him off. He just pulled out a gun, shot him, and like ate his balls or something. Would you be surprised? No. And that would be a better that would be a better opening line to the article. They called him Mad Max because of the movie he was in starring that character. Sometimes they called him the man without a face or bird on a wire. 
<laughs> but I, I just, I, I think it's within the realm of reason, probability that it could be Mel Gibson. But anyway, uh, on the sick or wrong star scale, yeah, this is good old American cannibalism. I'm giving this five stars. This dude, and, and the best part about it is the guy thought he was eating his heart, even yeah. though he's eating just chunks of stomach. Not exactly an anatomy expert. <laughs> <laughs> I think he failed that that class. I think he in probably high dropped out in sixth grade. <laughs> Feel free to call the sick and wrong junk dial line. You think that dial a slut chick is busy? 206-666-3846. At 206-666-3846. Can I help you, sir? The third story here for episode 272 was sent in by a guy who calls himself Fat Bones. It's a good nickname. I kind of hope someone gave him that nickname, but... Still, though, I guess if he gave it to himself, like it's it? still a good nickname. Fat Bone. But isn't that kind of like calling yourself, like, Big Cock? <laughs> I guess sort of. I was thinking it was just kind of like a guy that had just large bones. Like, he wasn't a fat guy, he's just big boned. Oh, I don't know why I immediately started thinking about his penis, but... <laughs> you're, still in that, like, you're still thinking about that porn intro that we did. Dude, that was hours right. ago. <laughs> Believe um, me, I know. Fatbone writes, hey dudes, I'm a lurker in the forums. Don't hate me. We don't hate you. I do. <laughs> it's another... I want to see a picture of your fat bone. Here's another fat dude story, but this pig has a girlfriend. Would you fuck a chick that was so fat that she fused to a chair? Keep it safe, keep it wrong, fat bone. Well, you could probably stick it in her ass and she can't get away. Yeah, I mean, you could probably... Well, how would you really discern the ass from anything else down there once you're fused with a chair i'm assuming that's like a high back chair where that has a hole in the back and you just go underneath yeah i guess that's a good idea easy anal <laughs> uh when your girlfriend's fused with the chair so more doesn't wipe a lot though she's fused <laughs> with the chair so scratch that idea you know i was going to question that a little later in the story here a morbidly obese man was found fused to a chair that he sat in for two years uh, died in a hospital you know, it, it's funny. Every time you see these stories, and we've done them, we've done stories similar to this in the past. And well, one lady was fused to the toilet seat. Yeah, we had a lady fused to the toilet seat, another guy fused to like a lawn chair or something. But every time, it's an American. Have you ever noticed yeah. that? And then we have all these Brits that are sending this in, saying another big fat ass American, typical American. It's just like you know, at one at once, like when I saw this headline when I was reading the news. I was like, God, I hope this guy's English. God, I hope this guy's English. <laughs> oh, of hey, course, it's not. I just, I just put it like this. You, th- those Brits are just as fat as us. It's just they can't afford the chairs unless the government gives it to them as a handout. <laughs> Here's what I want to know. We have all these fusion stores. Like, all these people who live in trailer parks or, like, you know, in shitty, uh, you know, rundown uh, apartment buildings... They, they, they are great at fusion. They've learned all about fusion. They just they don't even try and they're they're fusing the things or fusing things. But like the scientists at LB at Lawrence Berkeley Lab, like how long have they been working on fusion? They can't get their shit together. They can't even like clone a human over there. <laughs> exactly. No, but I see what you're saying. It's like here it's a, I, if it's you a ask fusion, me, it's, it was a fusion joke, not a cloning joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you ask me, I think this is another step in evolution. This guy's become one with a chair. It's like he's growing. He's changing. He's becoming something else. He's evolving. I bet your brother's jealous. (laughs) I think my brother would be jealous. He wouldn't mind becoming a toilet seat chair. Um, 
So a morbidly obese man had, had been stuck in this chair for two years. He just died. Um, an unnamed man, he was found unconscious by his girlfriend and had to be wedged free from his recliner. At least it was a comfortable chair. You know, it just yeah. wasn't like some shitty wooden Ikea chair. Well, it allows for some range of motion to prevent atrophy. I, I don't think morbidly obese people shop at Ikea anyway. That furniture could never hold a big guy. No. Um, what, 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 what happens the first day you discover your fuse to the chair? Or do you not discover it for a couple of days because you never move out of the chair anyways, and then you're like, oh, I must have been fused to this thing for the past week. I didn't even know. I, I wonder what the revelation is like, though. It's just like, well, I guess I'm a chair now. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I just I mean, just one of those things. But do you Say think it's like you're like, God, I got to go take a piss. Oh, shit, I can't get up. Oh, shit, I guess I'm a chair now. Fuck it. Piss, piss jug. Piss jug over here, please. <laughs> so rescuers not only uh, not only had to pull him out, of, wedge him out of this chair, they had to cut a hole in the wall of his house as they mm. could not immediately remove him from the chair. You know, if you, if you can't fit through your door, <laughs> I think you should die. Um, paramedics found that the man's skin was fused to the chair because he had been sitting still for so long. Yeah, we understand how this happened. <laughs> He he basically mutated into a beanbag, which I don't think is exactly like a, you know, particularly effective X Man. But um, still, you know, wasn't there wasn't there a fat X Man like an evil one? Well, well, you know, there's the Juggernaut and and the juggernaut. Kingpin, Kingpin. Well, this guy would know. be the Lazy Boy. I could see that working. Um, How does he fight crime? <laughs> Maybe he's a super villain and he makes everybody else really lazy. Like, come to my lifestyle choice. And you're just, po- he has like m- mental powers and you're just powerless to avoid becoming a huge couch potato like him. And you just fuse into a chair. Yeah, it's yeah, kind man. of a realistic power if you think about it. Yeah, actually, you know, I, I bet you he probably has really good weed. Yeah. Look at all these Pringles I have, and I have all the seasons of Ren and Stimpy on DVD. You're like, hmm, I guess I won't go to work today. You're like, I'm powerless to resist. <laughs> Must sit in chair. Becoming fat. Yeah, I wonder if that would work. So the 43-year-old... I've got, I've got dominoes on speed dial, and my chair's <laughs> at, next to the window, and I've trained them to bring it right to the window. <laughs> The 43-year-old man here is from Bel Air, Ohio. He was rushed to the Wheeling Hospital in West Virginia in critical condition, but later died. Uh, The man was found by health officials sitting in his own feces and urine and covered in maggots at the house. I think that's, you know, definitely a downside to becoming becoming a chair. Mm -hmm. It's because where where would you defecate? You know, I mean, you, you are basically sitting in your own excrement. I guess I was assuming he had some type of a a water slide contraption hooked up. I was well, hoping that, I guess, but I was I guess I was expecting the worst, which is what it was, that he just yeah. shit himself. And he would just sit in it, wallow in it. Well, but maybe I, that could be, a, you said maggots, right? <laughs> maybe that could be part of his superpower. Like, he had mind control over the maggots that would go out and do his bidding. So he's kind of like a fat Willard, but without rats. With maggots. Maggots. And shit all over himself. Yeah. <laughs> but a comfortable fucking chair, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is the part that throws me for a loop. So paramedics were called to the home by the man's girlfriend after she found him unconscious. Yet another guy with a girlfriend. Yet who, another guy. Okay, now this guy isn't batshit crazy. This guy's a fucking piece of furniture. 
And this guy has a girlfriend. I, I almost feel that the, the crazy guy, it makes more sense that he has a girlfriend because at least, you know, every now and then he could be sane enough to have sex with her. But how, how does she have sex with a lazy boy recliner man? Uh, there's something to do with the maggots. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> but it's intense. There was actually a, a Clive Barker short story where a guy had mind control over these like cockroaches that would beat him off. It was really gross. <laughs> That's Clive Barker for you. Um, the woman admitted to medics that she had been feeding him by hand since he got too big to get up. Oh, like a baby bird. <laughs> cheep, cheep, cheep. Well, okay, so she's feeding the guy by hand, but yet she's not bringing him a bedpan. You know, it's like, well, where she, does she think how do you get the bed, go? How do you get the how do you get the bedpan out in under there? Well, I, I imagine she would if she's feeding the guy. She must think that food's got to get out of there somehow. Like, I mean, I imagine she would like try to come up with some type of, of device to like you know remove his waste. If she was a good girlfriend. <laughs> well, you know, we're also assuming we're we're assuming that he's told her that he's fused to the chair. Or you think she didn't know that? Well, then why wouldn't she Maybe. be like, how come you never get off that chair? It's been two years. I don't want to get up. <laughs> she's like, and then she finds out that he's fused to the chair when the paramedics are there. And she's like, wait, you you haven't even been getting up to shit? <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Not a very perceptive girlfriend. Uh, he insisted that she feed him food and soft drinks whenever he asked her to. Probably not even diet soft drinks. Probably just regular soft drinks. But I guess at that point, it doesn't really matter. No. Um, she said one day she suggested that he go to the hospital and get his legs checked out. But he said he didn't like doctors. So she thought, you can't force somebody to do something they don't want to do. Especially this guy. <laughs> that's, <laughs> another one of his, that's another one of his powers. When Dr. Xavier or Jean Grey starts using their like mental, uh, you know, what do you call that? Telepathy, telepathy on, on him. him. Like, you will turn yourself into the cops. He's like, uh-uh, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Your brain, your brain waves don't work on me. So not only his girlfriend lived in the house, he, there are actually two other people that lived with him as well. So he had three roommates, and they all let this occur. Could you? Yeah. I mean, could you imagine? Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back back in college when uh, we lived with uh, like eight guys and one girl in the in that house. There were a couple mm -hmm. roommates that we didn't even like very much. But would you let Rob become a piece of furniture in your living room? Not in my living room now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but if it, let's say he lived in the basement, he's too fat to get out of the basement, just sat in his waterbed all day and became a waterbed. Would uh -huh. you be like totally cool with that? You wouldn't care. Um. Well, sooner or later, the smell is going to start coming up through the floorboards, right? I guess if I lived on the top floor, I'd probably sell admission. Yeah, <laughs> do you like, but, dude? Check out human waterbed. Do you, do you really bucks. want to be living with somebody who's harboring maggots in their in their folds of their flesh? Exactly. I mean, but, the, but I think you know. I mean, seriously. I, yeah, I would. I would. I wouldn't allow that to happen to my roommates. But apparently, these people just maybe they were amused by it. Maybe it was the oddity. Oh, I bet you they weren't amused. One of the at least one of the guys probably liked sitting in that lazy boy at one point. Like, <laughs> oh man, he's always in there. Whenever I come home from work, he's sitting in my favorite chair. I used to love to sit there and play video games. And then you're like, he's really never moving. But oh, you know, Jesus, if he, wait, he's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but you do know if he did get up from that chair, you wouldn't sit there anymore. 
Not now, no. It's no, got shit and not. maggots all over it. I guess one of the health officials said that after coming into contact with him and uh, they, when they removed him from the house, they, he said he actually had to throw his uniform away. It was soiled. So apparently, <laughs> and this... his and his sanity <laughs> <laughs> cannot unsee what has been seen. So you know, I mean, this isn't obviously this isn't the first. This isn't the first um, human fusing with a chair story we've done here on Sick and Wrong. But, uh, and it no, won't be the last. It won't be the last. But I'm going to give this five stars because the guy had a girlfriend. And I couldn't imagine. I can't even picture their sexual relationship. I give it five stars for the sheer just uh, ignoring of the shitting issue. Like not even making any type of an effort to get rid of the feces. Just like, well, I guess I'm a chair and I guess I'm a shitty chair. <laughs> That's my life now. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> it's disgusting. All right, people, we decide, or we allow you to uh, decide who won episode uh, 272 here at Sick and Wrong. Go vote, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, actually, we've got a few phone calls on Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. We also have an email that I kind of want to get to uh, that was sent to sickandwrongpodcast.hotmail.com. But before we get to all that, here's a word from our beloved sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Hey, Sick and Wrong fans. Did you know that this month is International Butt Plug Month? It's true. Go to AdamandEve.com and check out their huge selection. There's dildos, butt plugs, vibrators, and jack-off sleeves in sizes ranging from baby dick to John Holmes. Remember to enter the coupon code DIDDLE at checkout. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like Kitty does to herself while listening to Dean Lance. You'll get 50% off just about any item. Six free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a special bonus gift. Go to adamandeve.com today. So as I said before, we got a few phone calls here at the Sick and Wrong Hotline. People can call us anytime, 206-666-3846. The line's always open. We're not going to answer, but you can leave a message. I'm not so, getting up off my chair. <laughs> Get that phone. So the first call is uh, from someone we haven't heard from in a while. A uh, longtime fan, longtime listener of the show. Hey, guys, it's Heather. Soccer mom, mm. also known amongst the interwebs as the Hell Kitten. Listen, I need your two cents. This is important, and you guys are the only people I can turn to for this. Okay, so I need your two cents. How long does it take to get over a dead girlfriend? Mm. Right? Okay, so here's the story. I slept with this guy in Florida. I was, I was down there for like a podcasting, live broadcasting event for my radio Wait, station. Stop I slept it. with one of my DJs, whatever. Wait a second here. <laughs> what happened to her husband that was like flirting with the, the liquor store lady? I guess that didn't end too well. Didn't she ask us for advice back then, too? I want to know why didn't we get laid at our podcast convention? Jesus. I'd rather go to this one. This sounds like uh, the South African sexpo going on over here. There was nobody that looked like the soccer mom at our convention. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, wasn't I she married? Right. She was married with that. Uh, I remember. Uh, I they... don't think they were really married, but they'd been shacking up a long time, and they had, you know, they, they had, had two uh, kids. Yeah, they had but children. then the last time we heard from her, she said that she was pissed off because he was like flirting with the store clerk across I the street. Forgot about that. The uh, ginger store clerk. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Okay, so uh, the the scenario here is they must they must have split up. Or maybe they have an open thing going on. She maybe, went down yeah. to a podcast convention and uh, hooked up with her DJ. DJs get so huh? much ass. <laughs> do they? Yeah, they do. Not not DJs of a podcast, but oh, <laughs> except for this one. So let's see what happens. I know I'm in a relationship, but 
whatever, oh. that doesn't matter, that's not important. So, like, we kind of keep in touch. Open. It's not fully a one-night stand, but it kind of is, but not really because we kept in touch via the Internet, whatever. Like, three weeks later, he gets in a car accident, gets hit by a drunk driver, and his girlfriend of two years gets killed. Dead. She's only 20 years old. Kind of fucked up, right? Very sick, very wrong. And now I don't know what to do. This happened, like, end of February. Like, what do I do? Like, how long does it take to get over something like that? Do I contact him again, like, ever? I, I, he cheated on his dead girlfriend with me. So do I, like, never contact him again? Or does it take, like, six months to get over, like, a dead girlfriend that you're with for, like, two years? I don't know. I need your opinion because I can't ask anybody else this. And I'm so going to hell for even calling and asking. I know that. And, and that's okay. <laughs> so let mm. me know what you think. How long does it take to get over your dead girlfriend? I would just call him or text him and be like, hey, dude, I'm really sorry to hear about what happened, but what does this mean about us? No, I would not be that blatant. I think what what needs to happen here, if she still wants to get some ass, is she needs to be a friend. She I think, obviously um, does. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I think she, be asking this she question? could have ulterior motives, but I don't think she has to be that blatant about it. I think what if I were her, I'd be like, oh, my God, are you okay? If you need anything. I mean anything. But if you need anything, uh, just just let me know. I'm here to talk to you or whatever. And then slowly build up the trust and then rape them. That's what she needs to do. That sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I think what happens in this situation, it's not like, I I guess, I mean, the the, the guy was uh, a long relationship. What I'm wondering about this whole situation, the guy's girlfriend's 20. How old is this guy? How old is soccer mom? She's got to be like in her 30s. You think this guy was like 24? Think she's Probably. robbing the cradle over here? Probably. I mean, that's what I think. He, it seems to me like this is just a piece of ass for her. That's why I recommended the director out. You know, yeah, he might find it, an, uh, you know, rude, and he might get pissed off. But then, whatever, fuck off. You never talk to him again. I just feel that if uh, if she has any hope of ever having sex again, and she wants to keep it, she should just be like, you know, I'm here. I'm your friend. You know, and I'm here to talk See, to you. See, I think that's blah, blah, creepy blah. because I think you're now you're you're manipulating the situation. I, I would just be open. Leave it open ended. Just send him a like, give him a call and be like, hey, you know, if you, if you, or just want to make sure you're okay. If you ever need to talk or or if you need anything, just give me a call. That then that guy's gonna be like, yeah, okay, I've pined long enough. No, well, I'm still pining, but you know, a blowjob would be a nice. blowjob would be nice, exactly. And you know, if uh, if a girl's saying if you need anything, it's an open ended anything. Who knows? So, uh, soccer mom, I still think you can get some ass. No, I think sometimes girls say that and it's not open-ended. Well, in my mind it is. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently soccer moms. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of open-ended. Well, yeah, we got to find out where this po- where's the podcasting convention that she went to that was so much better than ours. There's a lot of open-ended questions in this call. Like, I, wanna, yeah, I mean, I, it's that. like it looks like uh, she's having, a, you know, an open relationship. She's yeah, I want to hear about this that sex too. podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of things I want to know about this call, but I don't think sex is next, necessarily out of the question there, soccer mom. All right, here's a uh, here's a uh, call number two. What's up, guys? I'm calling. I got a question for you. I recently just moved to a newer area, about two hours away from my hometown, and. You know, over here by myself, don't know anybody, so I've been slacking on my standards a little bit and taking home probably about fives or sixes from these bars. And, you know, I sober up a little bit and you realize something. This guy usually gets tens, though, you know. In his hometown, only tens. <laughs> no, I mean, I get what he's saying. He, 
if in his hometown, he just he wouldn't take. He, if it's gonna be a five or six, he wouldn't do it at all. He'd just go home and chill with his friends. But because he doesn't know anybody here, he's just like, well, I guess I just might as well fuck this heffalump. No, he's gonna see me anyways. It knows me. I totally agree with him. No, I, you because know, you know he's gonna be at, if in his hometown, someone's gonna see and he's gonna it's he's never gonna be able to live that down. Someone's right. gonna be making fun of him. So, but if you're in like a strange city, who cares? Who cares? Yes, they are. Who cares? wears off a little bit, and but uh, I'm just wondering if that's a good idea because uh, I think I don't get shameful because I know no one's gonna see me walking around with them, but. uh it's also kind of a good thing because my confidence is going up and I'm talking to really hot girls, but I end up taking a fat friend home. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know why I'm really asking you guys anything. I don't I don't think you really get laid ever. I mean, Dee's got a girlfriend, but who knows? She probably got him whipped. And uh, if you guys are using Skype for the whole new podcast, is Lance's dick look 10 pounds heavier on video? Thanks, guys. Here's truly Sancho. All right there, Sancho. Sancho. Only one question per phone call, okay? We can't just answer every single question. Yes, Lance's dick looks like five times as big. <laughs> it's like the Goodyear blimp. Because when we do this podcast, Lance just basically has his dick in the camera of his computer. And so all I'm really doing is talking to his dick. Oh, I mount the webcam under the desk. It's yeah. not on top. And he's making, like, mouth movements with his japs eye. Just like, hey, what's going on, D. Simon? <laughs> Look, anyway, all I all I ask is that you indulge my secondary hobbitry, hobbit of puppetry, hobbitry of puppetry. <laughs> Dick ventriloquism, yes, it's uh, one of your hobbies. I understand where you're going with it, but uh, I don't know Sometimes it makes me lose my focus. So I also think we have no expertise in this field. I, I don't take girls home from the bar. I should. I just I'm too. Uh, I don't know. Enamored with the alcohol at the bar, or scared of of uh, new people. Oh, you know, okay, yeah, I have a girlfriend now, but I've taken many girls home from the bars. And I've taken many five many, and sixes. Many, Yeah, I've, t- I've fucked up with many girls from, and five or, five, well, I usually, the thing is with me, how many times have you lived in a city where you don't know anybody? And that's the thing. Like, I've, you know, it's, in San Francisco, someone's going to see me. Like someone, or I'd know somebody, or be a friend of a friend, or something. Yeah, I think one time, and the, and it was a rural town, and every time I went to the bar, I ended up talking to the Vietnam vet guy. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, this dude has a great opportunity right now, and he'd be a fool to pass that up. Sex is sex. It's like why not? It's like you got a chance here. No one's going to yeah, make here, fun here's of you. The, I, think the, I think the un, I think the un, the implied unstated question is. If he's going to live in this town for a long time and he's doing all these fives and sixes, how does he then transition up? Does he have to start going to a new bar? Well, one of the problems already is he said he talked to the hot chick and then ends up shagging her ugly friend. friend. Fat friend. Fat friend, yeah. Well, then I think um, then, you know, obviously you're going to get a reputation as to a guy that likes to shag girls that look like Snooky. So I think I think when you're ready to transition up and stop doing the fives or sixes, then you pick a new bar across town. Totally. You go to a new bar. Or just take a break for a little while and then go back to the bar. Grow mustache. Grow mustache. No one will recognize you. It works mustache every time. Mustache is almost always the answer. Yeah. I would say mustache. Probably the best thing you could do. <laughs> That's our professional opinion. Uh, people, call the Sigma Wrong Hotline. We always love to hear from you. 206-666-3846. I want to try to get to this email. Hopefully we have enough time. I kind of consider this email to be like free verse poetry. In its okay. finest form. You know, every now and then I'm we'll assuming get... assuming it's written by a chav. 
Well, no, actually, it isn't written by a chav. I think it's written okay. by. It's definitely written by. I think it might even be written by this guy. Come to think of it, because okay. it's from Indiana. Um, but yeah, it's like th- listen to this. I'm going to try to. I, I don't want to use the accent, but I'm going to try to read it in his own grammar that he used here. I'd like mm-hmm. to think this is sincere, but it almost seems like it's so egregious that I think it's a joke. But anyway, right. I'm going to just consider. I'm going to give the guy a benefit of the doubt and consider it that it's a sincere email. It's right. called Redneck Family Fun. Hey, it's Del John again. Del John. It doesn't that almost sound fake? I wanted to. Uh, I t- don't know. Del John. <laughs> it, There's somebody know. out there named Del John. I wanted to tell you about another one of my Indiana Hill Jack family stories. So me, my mom, and my stepdad were sitting in the yard one summer. Well, we used to have outside cats that we would feed. But the more we fed our cats, the more strays would come around. Well, that day, we see a stray start to walk up to the porch. And then it saw us and stopped and stood there waiting for us to leave. All of a sudden, my stepdad says, I bet I can shoot that cat from here. And then my mom spoke up and said not to. My stepdad replied that he wasn't with a sigh. (laughs) I ain't gonna. <sighs> After a half an hour of ochred silence, I think he meant awkward, but it's spelled like O Q U E R E D. Ochred silence. Because that kind of it, that that's like a that's like a <laughs> what's the night blue fruit thing guy uh, wrote Ulysses. <laughs> oh, um, uh, uh, God, what the hell? James, is that guy's James name? Joyce. James there, Joyce English Major. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, he had that line about the night was dark with night blue fr- fruit or something like that. You know, the ochred silence. You know? The ochred, kind of, yeah. I guess it, yeah, it's like, what's ochre? It's yellow, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think he meant to say awkward. But um, <laughs> he's saying ochred. I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's some <laughs> literary genius. He says, after half an hour of ochred silence and staring at that damn cat, my stepdad got up said he had to take a piss and walked inside. The next thing me and my mom see is the barrel of a twenty two rifle stick out the window, point at the cat, and blow a hole through its head. After that, before we bury it, he picks up the dead cat and makes it lunge toward one of our cats. Our cat flips the fuck out and goes AWOL on the dead cat and tears chunks of fur from it. Mm-hmm. Keep it sick and keep it wrong. No punctuation. Mm-hmm. No. Isn't that amazing? Well, you know, well, you know who else doesn't use punctuation is Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm voting for this guy to be a literary expert. I actually kind of want to encourage this guy to keep sending me these because I think this would make a great like coffee table book or a blog, mm-hmm. a running blog yeah. of this guy's uh, stories because I think this is I think this is. Priceless. I definitely want to hear more. I definitely yeah. want to hear more. So, Del John, please email us again. Is Del John one word? Yeah, it's just D E L J O N, not J O H, and just Del John. I like okay. it, Del John. Yeah, I do too. People, you send an email to stickeronpodcast.hotmail.com. Well, Wanker, we've got to get out of here. But uh, real quick, if you haven't joined the forum, there's a lot of people on it right now. It's like over a 1,000, a lot of people, a lot of friendly faces. You, you, you never know. You might even meet that special someone in your life. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> com. Just kick, click on forum when you go to stickeronpodcast.com, and you'll, you'll go right there. Um, I don't know if you saw if uh, people I announced a couple shows ago, but yeah, I'm going to Europe, and on the forum, I mentioned that I'm going to be in London one night, which is April 18th, and a bunch of people are getting together, 
at uh, some bars in Camden Town. Camden Town. It's funny because <laughs> I, I was like, doesn't that sound like a, a dormitory in Hogwarts or something? It's like, oh, let's go to yeah. Camden Town, D. You'll love Camden Town. Yeah, Lots of there'll hipsters be, there'll there. Be, there'll be something going on with wands, that's for sure. <laughs> It says, but you know, the pubs close at like 9 p.m. there, so I don't know how crazy it will be in Camden Town. But But anyway, dance clubs after that, like, yeah, it's been so long since I've been to London, I have no idea. But I'm there for one night, and I'm down to get drunk, go out, hang out, and check out London's scene. So people uh, (laughs) meet up seven o'clock at the World's End in Camden Town. Monday night. That should be fun. April 18th. It should be a good time. We'll see what happens. Uh, but people have been suggesting other bars on the forum. I don't know. I, I said 7 o'clock, I'll be at the world's end. Also, people, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. Um, iTunes works on uh, weekly subscribers. And so if, um, you know, if you've been thinking about subscribing to the show, do it now. Do it today. Do it right now as soon as you've heard this podcast. At the end of it, just go to iTunes, click on subscribe. You actually really do help us out. Boost us up in that, uh, the what's hot category. Because sick and wrong is always hot. Um, also, um, for the t-shirts, actually, you know what? This is going to be Crazy D's bargain basement sale here. But we're almost out of t-shirts. So don't order any smalls or mediums because we're totally out. We have two larges left and like 10 or 11 extra larges. And right now, and right now only... You can get those 10, 11 extra larges at a very reduced price. So the big people out there, you're going to get a discount. Um, 15 bucks uh, abroad and $10 domestic. So go order your shirt today at a discount. It's the last time we're ever going to do this design. Just go to SigaRongPodcast.com and click on store. Mm-hmm. All right, Wackerly, Sigarong Song of the Week is from you. You picked this song out. Neil Hamburger's oh, Jugtown. Oh, yes. You sent that to me a while ago. Tw- he's my favorite tweeter. You know, I love Neil Hamburger, and I think a lot of people, I, I know we've talked about him in the past. He's one of my favorite comedians. I love his tweet feed. It's, it's hilarious. But, um, if, it's but, basically the only reason Twitter exists, in my opinion. But the thing is with Neil Hamburger, you got to go see him live. That, that's yeah, why, I, I mean, you have to see him. It's all about the live show, because it's audience participation. I mean, you don't hear that many people booing a comedian at any, you know, just any show. Not a Jerry Seinfeld show, that's for sure. But I was listening to this song, Jugtown, here, Neil Hamburger, and I was thinking, you know, Wackerly, this is your theme song. Mark my words. One really? day, your son will sing this song about you one day. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that happening. People, will be back next week with episode 273. Till then, take it sleazy.
should have been Do what he can Every now and then He'll end up in Jugtown With a jug of wine Now Jugtown wine made daddy feel good But the neighborhood called me the son of a wino But I thank Jugtown For saving daddy's life Talking about my cousin for so long. Do not look, do not tell him I called you and told you this. But in high school, everyone used to call Rallo Beelzebub's Dingleberry. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Listen, please don't tell him I told you. He'll fucking kill me. He'll fucking stab me with a goddamn fucking knife of some sort. But when he was in junior high. We used to call him BD, which that stood for Beelzebub's Dingleberry. But at the time, we hadn't thought up a clever, uh, you know, what do these what do these weird initials stand for? One of them was botulism detective. One of them was uh, Beelzebub's. Oh, I Dingleberry. That's right. Don't tell him I told you this. But just kind of try to sneak it in, you know, ironically, and see how he responds. <laughs> Holy fuck, he'll probably know it's me. Uh, all right. <laughs> 